This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals just like you, where we explain why Everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. Now, we don't have a guest today, do we, Ramon? We do not. Well, I'm here. Well, you're a guest. I am. But you work here. You're getting paid to be a guest, so that's different. Not much, but I get paid. So today's uh, (laughs) – I'm not sure you're underpaid, but it's not much. Not much. That's the way we do it. So – we talked about investing, you know, when people, when I drive to the podcast, when I drive here to the opulent studios here uh, to hang out with Ramones, people make the mistake of calling me and then they end up on the show accidentally. So we've had a couple of episodes where we had guests and we love yeah. to have guests. And if you listening in would like to be a guest, all you have to do is call me at 480-385-8810, and you will be our next victim, I mean, volunteer. It will cost you nothing. It, it really is. It's, it's virtually free. By the way, we always start with the headlines of the day. I have them right here. Would you we like do. to hear a headline of the day, Ramon? Uh, put paper, it on paper. paper. You know it's real. They're on paper. Yeah, now, indeed. Superman, are you a comic book guy? A little bit, back in the early days. Okay, well, Superman... Just turned 82 years old. Did wow. you know that? I did not know that. He I is, did not know he that. Is, he is still mm-hmm. rendered helpless by kryptonite and also when trying to remember his password. That's the thing. Okay. All right. It's enough of that crap. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about real estate. So we were talking about investing a couple of uh, issues ago or uh, podcasts ago, shows. Uh, so we were talking about the different secrets. So uh, you always hear, you've heard this, Ramon. People say the secret to real estate is location, location, location. You ever hear that? I've heard that yeah. before, yes. And that's true. Should make a, make a nice T-shirt. It's the most important thing in real estate. There is no doubt about that. So um, uh, one time I had a, a investor. So I uh, was playing golf at Illyria Country Club in Illyria, Ohio. God's country is what we're talking about. Mm, Lovely 100-year-old golf course, you know, very nice. And uh, I'm not really a – you can tell by looking at me, I'm not a country club guy. Well, that's a nice sweatshirt you have on. You're not a country club guy. Well, I'm usually – when if I go, they'll say, I'm sorry, deliveries are around the back. You've (laughs) – that's right. That's right. You and I would be delivering the stuff on a pallet. That's right. So, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in the country club scene. I did grow up in the hood scene. And we can see the hood where I grew up from here, from up in the skyscraper here. That's nice. nice. So so I'm golfing with these guys that I really don't have anything in common with. They are are college graduates. They are high school graduates, unlike me. They run banks. You know, the one guy was an owner of a bank. And he says, hey, Bob, you know, we come out to – uh, Phoenix, and uh, we golf at this place called the Arizona Golf Resort. Now, do you know where that is, Ramon? No, I don't. That is about 
30 miles east of Central and McDowell, which would be the very center of of our big Phoenix town here. So if you were to drive 30 miles east, you'd get to Arizona Golf Resort. And uh, it's lovely. They had the, and they would rent this condo on the golf course. And they said, uh, or he said, I'm, we, we were thinking about buying uh, a condo out there to stay in and then uh, maybe an investment property. I said, great. Well, let's talk about that. When you come out, give me a call. So when they came out, they gave me a call. And uh, I met with them, and they said what they wanted. So everybody should write down what they wanted because they had been to real estate investing seminars, and this is what they were told were the secrets to investing in real estate. They said, we want something that's in the path of growth. So I'm writing that down, path of growth. Now, they have done real estate investing in, in other cities in the past and been successful by their standards. They said they wanted something that was newer because they know that newer properties go up in value faster than older properties. They said they wanted something that was on the golf course. So they wanted a golf course lot. And they said they wanted, uh, because they knew that would be good for investment purposes. And then they said they wanted something with a swimming pool. Now, most people would not have that as a requirement for a good investor property because but they know because they live in Cleveland that tenants during the summer in Arizona would spontaneously combust if there was no pool that was their idea anyway so anyway so i i added pool to the list so i uh do my little search i said um i said first of all where we're sitting at Arizona Golf Resort it is in the path of growth that's true then, not so much now. So that was kind of the outskirts of town. Uh, it is newer, a newer neighborhood full of newer single-family homes. Uh, we're sitting on a golf course now, so we might be able to find one on the golf course. And then there was uh, uh, the possibility that a house would have a pool too. So they said, well, that would be perfect. You know, wow, that would be super great. I said, well, I don't know if I can find that, but we'll see what we can do. So I do a little searching. And I find them a property, and it was $92,000 was the asking price. This is years ago. And uh, then uh, it was on the golf course. It had the pool. It had everything they wanted. And they said, this is exactly what we want. This has everything. They said, this is going to be fantastic as an investor property. We're going to we're going to see rapid appreciation. I say, okay, great. I said, before we, uh, before we tie this up, I want, I want to show you one other property. So uh, I took them to uh, – this makes sense to Ramon only who lives here. But I took them to 56th Street and Thomas. And that is about eight miles east of downtown. Yeah, uh, The house was – also $92,000. It was much smaller. It was uh, in not great condition. And uh, certainly it was not in the path of growth. It was uh, not on a golf course. And it was uh, just ex- – and it did not have a pool. So it was exactly what they didn't want. And I said, 
now that we're standing in this property, I just want you to know my guess is this will go up in value much faster than the other one. They go, we want the other one. We want the one with new car smell. We want the one on the golf course. We want the one with the pool. We want the one that's newer. We want the one that's in the path of growth. I said, okay. So eight years go by. They call me up one day. And they also bought a condo on that same golf course from me. So they're, they're you know, satisfied customers. And uh, so they, they call me up and they say, hey, Bob, we have a, another thing we want to do with some money. They said, is now a good time to sell? I said, uh, yeah, now, now would be a, a fine time to sell. It was not, you know, it's always a good time to sell of, uh, in Arizona, I guess. So uh, I said, yeah, I think, I think we'll do fine. So they said, yep, let's list it. Let's sell our investment property. They're going to keep their condo to golf in. And uh, so it's eight years later, and I was able to sell their uh, property for 125 They said... That is the highest rate of return they've ever gotten in such a short period of time in all the investing they've ever done. They were absolutely thrilled, very happy, um, fantastically satisfied customers. And the one they passed on sold that very same year for $180,000. Oh, wow. The one they passed on Mm -hmm. was not in the path of growth. The one they passed on was not newer. The one they passed on did not have a golf view. And if you were to go to these investor seminars, they will always tell you these are the secrets to investing in real estate. It's always the opposite of what is true. So here's a little rule of thumb. In every town, there's the good side of town and the hood side of town. Where did you grow up, Ramon? What intersection? Well, I grew up in California, but here I'm on the west side of town. So I'm on 67th Avenue and Peoria. That's the hood side of town. Thank you. <laughs> but that's not a bad area. So, uh, But generally speaking, in any town, this town, east is considered uh, good, west is considered hood, south mm-hmm. is considered hood, north is considered good. Um, if I were to be in Salt Lake City... Uh, the opposite would be true. North would be hood. South would be good. But also east would be good and west would be hood. Uh, but you know what it is for your town. There's, I would say my area is hood-ish. It's hood-ish. It's not uh, – yeah. yeah. The guys who do – It's the, like skank-ish. It's not yeah. – The guys not who do bad. the uh, donuts with their little uh, Japanese race cars in front of my house. The I tuner car guys? Yeah, the drifters. They, at least they wait until midnight to do it, not 2 a.m. So that's not bad. Yeah. When I was a kid, the drifters were a group of guys who were singing. It's they were a doo-wop different. group. It, yeah. A doo-wop. For those of you not, who are not old like uh, we evidently are, doo-wop was the precursor to rock and roll. Right? Like the platters. Exactly. Platters, drifters, somethingers. So, um, so what was it that kept – their pro- now again, their property went up in value. It went from ninety-two to one twenty-five. There is nothing wrong with that. But why did the other one double in value in the same period of time? Well, here's why. So, on any town, when you're on the good side of town, obviously that's going to be better for appreciation than the hood side of town. There is no doubt about that. Once you're on the good side of town, then the farther you get from downtown, 
the lower the rate of appreciation will be, and there are no exceptions to that. So when I'm doing a complimentary coaching call to an agent, one of the things I I like to do, and by the way, if any of you listening would like to do a complimentary coaching call, uh, you can test me. I always do this. I say, do you own a home? So they say, yes, I own a home. I say, what year was it built? And they say, and what I'm trying to do is accurately predict what their f- first 12 months income will be if they coach with me, which I'm very good at, at guessing. But this is how I do it. So I want them to think of a house they're familiar with, which is their own. So if they own a home, uh, I say, what year was it built? They say, oh, it's built in uh, you know 2010. I go, now, do you live on the hood side of town or the good side of town? They say, well, I live on the good side of town. I say, have you ever noticed that if you were going to drive – to downtown from your house that was built in 2010, that the houses get progressively smaller, older, cheesier, and more expensive at the same time. They go, that's right. That is true. It's always true. There are no exceptions to that. Now, the only exception to it would be if there's an ocean involved. So if you are – or maybe like Lake Erie, which looks like an ocean even though it's a lake – If there's an ocean involved, that's like another little downtown. The farther you get from the the ocean, the cheaper houses tend to get and the density gets less. And so it's it's kind of about density. So uh, what parts of town offer the highest appreciation? That's where you want to direct your investors. So uh, if I had 100 agents – And I said, uh, which part of town would be the best appreciating part of town? All the agents would agree. They would say, well, it's the neighborhood I live in. Every agent, no matter what neighborhood they live in, that's where they always recommend the investors buy because they think they are the center of the universe, okay? So in, uh, in any town, If you're on the good side of town and you go about eight miles from downtown, usually you're going to be in a neighborhood that was built in the late 50s and early 60s. That tends to be true. Would this neighborhood be that? Well, it would be 56th Street and – Well, we're 24th here, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's about – how many miles is that? I can't do that. That I don't know. (laughs) It's six miles. So – so eight miles, so it would be 7th Street, uh, 14th Street, 21st Street. So that's where we are. So that's three miles out. Uh, and then – but when you're eight miles from downtown, but because we're north a little bit, that's true. Now, this area where we are in the swanky studios uh, of the radio station is perfect for investing. Is that we're right? We're in the Biltmore area. It's very classy. But it's old, you know, like so this the houses I'm looking down on the roofs of right here, mm-hmm. those are probably built in nineteen sixty. That's about right. And they are ridiculously overpriced pieces of crap. Is that and right? not one of those houses that we're looking at has ever gone up in value a penny. They've all gone down in value, but the land underneath them has gone up in value and doubled in value so much it doesn't matter what the house did. So all houses go down in value. Only the lot underneath them goes up in value. So when you buy a new home, you can plan on losing money. Hmm. If it's out where the big American flag is out in the, you know, when you see cows nearby and stuff like that. 
So the um, so what parts of town offer the highest appreciation? It is going to be now. There is another thing: uh, trade offs. So if I go closer to downtown than eight miles, the houses turn into the 1940s. Now you have a whole new set of problems because they are not built modern. So all houses built after 1953 have two bathrooms. All houses built after 1956, 57, 58, they didn't have stucco smeared on chicken wire on the inside like plaster. They used to do plaster. Now they do drywall. So if you have a plumbing problem on one of those older houses, you've got problems, you know. So that's the kind of stuff you don't need. So I would get something that is about eight miles out, built in the 19, late 50s, very late 50s, early 60s, uh, or newer, because you have modern construction methods, and that tends to be better. Uh, and certainly being on a golf course is not a good idea. Here's why. The golf view or the lake view or the ocean view is an amenity that you pay for. It costs money. But it's like the house. It doesn't go up in value. It is what it is, and it would go up in value maybe along with the rate of inflation because that that would be true. But it's not going to appreciate uh, like the land is going to. So the fewer clip-ons you have, like a pool, golf course lot, um, other other little tchotchkes like a guest house or anything that would make it more more uh, expensive to begin with for no great reason, you want to eliminate. So newer is worse generally. Now, let's say somebody had built a new property, like an infill property in our neighborhood right here. That would be fine. Newer isn't necessarily bad. It's the newer area that's bad because it's farther out of town. So path of growth, bad idea. Newer generally is only bad because it's in the path of growth. And then the clip-ons are, are not great. So um, location, 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 that's the secret. Now, the other thing is what type uh, – by the way, if any of the stuff we talk about here on the world-famous now Fearless Agent podcast makes sense to you uh, and you are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help with that. If you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime, toll-free, day or night at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone and we will just see if you and what you are trying to do in your real estate business and what we do uh, if it would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. If it's not, we'll admit that to each other, and I'm still happy to help you in any other way I can. And there are other ways I can. So uh, I do love talking to realtors. I don't want you to think you're bothering me. I'll never email, never text. Always call me at 480-385-8810. And you can also go to fearlessagent.tv. Uh, and subscribe to the videos, and those free videos would be better coaching than you would pay any coach in America any amount of money for. So, uh, and then go to fearlessagent.com and see all the other stuff we have. So, feel free to call before signing up. If you're thinking of signing up for coaching, good idea to give me a call first just to make sure it would be a good fit for you. And then uh, I'm going to drink coffee. Do we have a coffee, a little coffee music? 
Oh, that's good stuff, isn't it? Do we have we gotten them as a sponsor yet? Somebody needs to call for. Uh, I think they've listened to the podcast, or I'm not and they're quite out. sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're going a different direction. Different direction. <laughs> yes. That's right. Okay. So, um, so the other thing is, uh, are all types of properties equal? No, they are not. So, what are the types of properties that have the lowest? appreciation that you would want to avoid at all costs, okay? So one would be, the worst would be multifamily of any type, commercial, horrific, multifamily, disaster. Uh, When you get to single-family properties, condo is the worst. One-bedroom condo would be the absolute worst. And again, I'm saying all things being equal. In other words, right here in this neighborhood, which would be a great investment, the condo would be the worst investment of all the residential options other than multifamily. And there is multifamily crap in this neighborhood, um, which – and usually multifamily is what turns it into the hood. Uh, you like a homogenous area. Like if I go to – there are per- – the parts of town that have train tracks generally are the worst. But if you go to um, some parts of West Phoenix, the zoning is bad. It's a strip mall next to a strip club, next to a trailer park, next to condos, next mm-hmm. to single-family homes. It's not all homogenous. So you want the sea of single-family homes, which this tends to be. And um, and then uh, – Remember that it must appeal to prospective tenants. So single-family house, no touching walls on a normal-size residential lot, that's going to be the highest appreciating property. Again, all things being equal, which they never are. Um, And then you want the least – which price range of property do you want? You want – so if I decided this is the area I'm going to invest in and this would be a good area – I'm looking down here from the skyscraper, but it would be a good area. Then I want the most expensive property in that area. No, I want the least expensive property in that area, but it must have minimum things. So modern, it can't be functionally obsolete. So if you have a one-bathroom rental, uh, even though the appreciation rate might be better than the other one, which which is unlikely, but let's say it was true, you are going to have a much worse tenant. The tenant that's willing to put up with that kind of functional obsolescence is not the same tenant. Um, and I'm delving into something I like to call classism. Are you familiar with that? Uh, again, having to uh, go to the, the back side of the building. There's the yeah. smell of classism mm, to it, mm, doesn't I, it? It does. That's all right, though. Yeah. That's so, why Folgers uh, won't come on. <laughs> is that it? They smelled the classism. Yeah. So I'm saying that if you want a higher class of tenant, there's no nice way to say that, uh, you're going to get that if you have more than three bedrooms or three bedrooms or more. So that's a minimum standard. So three bedrooms or more. And then it would be uh, two bathrooms, two rooms where I can go to the bathroom. Not, you know, I don't care about one and three-quarter, one and a half. Uh, and then um, no room additions. 
ever built to the original floor plan. The builder built every house the way it was supposed to be built, okay? If that other room was supposed to be there, they would have put it there. What uh, about those garages that are turned into other rooms and you see people hanging their cars out on them? The yeah, hood. that's where you get guys sitting out on the hoods of cars. That's the, that's the hood. Yeah. When they're sitting on the hoods, that you're in the hood. That's right. right. So, uh, yeah, never, no, never buy a property where they've enclosed the garage uh, and turned it into a room. Um, so just I want the little old lady, only drove her to church on Sunday. It's the way it was supposed to be. And what if it needs massive fix-up? I'm, I'm fine with that. That's fine. Investing is about putting money in. You know, you're investing. So that's going to happen. So the price range is going to be at the bottom end of the neighborhood. I want the smallest one, the cheapest one, not the cheapest one or the smallest one, but, you know, one of those. And then um, no room additions. What else? Oh, no busy streets. No. By the way, I sold a house one time to a police officer. Police officer is the buyer. And he gives me his requirements. One of those requirements was when he wanted to do a, he have a backyard that would accommodate a horseshoe pit. He was a professional horseshoe thrower. Oh, wow. I don't know what that's all about. So, uh, but he said, and it cannot be on a corner. And I said, uh, okay. I go, why, why don't you want a house on a corner? He goes, because when we go on a burglary call, every burglary call is on a corner house. They get broken into 10 times as often. I go, oh, wow. little inside information Did there. Not, Didn't yeah. know that. Didn't know that, yeah. And I had the only listing I ever had that was broken into was on the corner. Uh, that's anecdotal evidence, but still. Um, and the cops caught the guy while he was in the house, which never happens, which was also fun for the cops. Now, the uh, uh, so that's that's the thing. So my rules are in the middle of the street, doesn't back up to something weird, doesn't across the street from a school or something weird. So that way your front yard would be an ashtray at four in the afternoon. Uh, just normal, homogenous, okay? Uh, just like every other house in the neighborhood, nothing weird going on. And not next to any neighbor that's weird or something weird is going on, you know, from structural from the house. Well, that would be like a broken down boat in the front? I used yeah. to be that guy. Is that I right? was the guy that had two Harleys and two pickup trucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ideal neighbor. And he drinks a little. So there is that. Wow. Okay. And a little trip down memory lane. <laughs> so uh, – Proper price range and then uh, proper type of property, uh, other secrets. So now in the next episode of Fearless Agent Podcast, we're going to be even revealing even more secrets to investing in real estate. And once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. If you are a real estate company owner and you need a speaker for an event or you need help with recruiting, we do that too. So just give me a call for any reason involving real estate, 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast. And until next week, do what we always do. Have fun. Be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang.